Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doom Productions podcast, a podcast where we share filmmakers' worst nightmares. I'm Jordan. I'm Ethan. I'm Zach. And every week, we talk about the production of a film that, for one reason or another, ran into problems. Uh, in other words, this is a horror podcast for uh, filmmakers and cinephiles. That... The scariest out there. <laughs> I know, exactly. If you like true crime or like, you know, deep dives into scary stories, this is, and you're a filmmaker, this is for you. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know us, we make movies on this channel as well. Feature films, you can check them out. Uh, we just released a short with mm -hmm. the RC boys called Dude, is it Who Stole My Mountain Dew? It's Dude, Dude where's, where's My, my Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew? Dude, where's my Mountain Dew? That's right. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun to make. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, we also do podcasts sometimes. Uh, how are you guys doing in terms of the movie side of things this week? Well, I just edited the dude, where's my mountain Dew, which was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. There was a lot of, a lot of good bits in there. So it was, it was a fun time to, to put that together. And it was, I haven't edited like a narrative thing narrative <laughs> it's like it's like crackhead energy narrative in that one but i haven't edited something like that in a minute so it's been fun to like it was just a fun puzzle to play like since play the bell with. rings actually right yeah which was a totally different thing <laughs> ethan can you move your camera you should show the viewers that poster oh yes show oh the yeah poster. there's the bell rings yep. that's the movie i made last year so yeah yeah Very nice available to watch for free on this yeah. youtube channel if you're listening on spotify you should be on youtube <laughs> yeah are we still really? selling those posters uh I yes so. but our our merch page is hopefully going to be transferring over to a new carrier soon i need to work on that yeah cool. so updates to come maybe maybe a new spring line will be coming out soon for the doomed merch yeah we'll we'll see get that get get it ready for your uh you know summer fit you know, hot yeah, girl you know, summer and all that. Doomed boy summer. <laughs> it's a doomed boy summer. I think a doomed boy summer would be like old, you know, the 1910s swimsuit, like overalls, <laughs> stripes. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. If we released oh some of gosh. that, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Very um, black parade. Oh, yeah, totally. Black parade. Yeah. Um, I feel like. I mean, I don't want to jump right into things, but should we just jump right into things? Well, I don't know how Zach's doing. How's that? Wait, how's Zach doing? Wait, how am I doing? Oh, I don't know. Right. I forgot there was a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, film wise, I, uh, I've been a little stressed. Uh, I've had a lot of school logistics stuff to do this past week. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's kind of been an interference, we could say. Um but yeah, lots of strange case stuff, um, which has been cool. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we can get into it. Okay. <laughs> um, so today we're going to do things a little bit differently. There's two reasons for that. The Doom Productions podcast, so far, we've been talking about movies and big Hollywood productions mostly, or, you know, kind of big high budget movie uh, productions um, and where they went wrong. Today, we're not talking about a show or a movie 
we're talking about a television show. Mm. And that show, actually another thing, so three things actually, we're talking about a TV show. Number two, we are talking about something that has not yet been released. So it's all like currently in development right now. Fascinating. <laughs> and the I'm third thing, this is. the third thing is I didn't, my research on this, I didn't do research, which sounds bad, but this comes, essentially what I have for us is I read an article about this chaotic making of this television show. And I was like, wow, this sounds really chaotic. This sounds kind of wild. It would be a great thing for us just to read together and react to it. So it's different because usually what happens is we each just pick a movie. We do research on it. We come to you guys. We, we just talk about it and kind of retell the story from our notes. I didn't take any notes. I read the article. I thought this is fascinating to talk about. Let's just read it live. I'll read it to you guys live and we'll react to it. And then, um, yeah, we'll take it from there. So, I'm in. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Let's see yeah. if I can share. Let's see. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to share the article, my screen. That way it's not nothing. We're not looking at nothing. Yeah. Okay. Can you all see that? Yep. Cool. This is a little bit low for me. There we go. So uh, this article comes from Rolling Stone, and it is about a TV show called The Idol. So how HBO's next euphoria became twisted torture porn. 13, title. <laughs> 13 sources tell Rolling Stone that The Idol, Sam Levinson's new show with The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp, has gone wildly and disgustingly off the rails. And it was written by Cheyenne Roundtree. Um, so I guess my preface would be, um, you know, we'll get into all like our real reactions, but I'm going to read this and let's for just the sake of this, obviously some of the stuff could be untrue. Some of the stuff could still be in development. Um, but, you know, again, I thought it was such a wild article. I thought it would be great to react to live on the stream or on the mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, all credit goes to the to Rolling Stone and the author. This is merely kind of us discussing about it. And I guess another, a little trigger warning, too, from the title. Uh, things get a little dark. So if you don't want to hear about like really explicit sexual stuff or explicit like really kind of i don't know a little more misogynistically violently charged if that's a phrase there's some of that stuff in here discussed but it's not like um you know it's it's uh warning i guess i'll just say that yeah yeah enter at your own risk so and i'm assuming what will happen to get the full story Jordan, no. what have you done? No, because I can read this. Okay, this is this is what's messed up, is I can read this full thing on my iPad. How come I can read this whole thing on my iPad? And my, my, uh, on my, uh, okay. I guess we won't be, we, I will have no visual on the screen for this, but I can read 
I have the whole article right here. So that's a little bit. Sorry, fellas. We forgive and you. I know. Just never forgive me. Don't do this again. <laughs> I wonder why that is. I wonder why I can't that does read seem the weird. article. Yeah. Huh. I mean, get unlimited access to rollingstone.com on all of your devices. Is it because I'm on my, let's see if I refresh the page. Sorry, I'm going to work this kink out real quick. Um, I'm just going to test if I can, because I would love to be able to show it. Wait. Oh, mm. Oh. okay. That's what it was. Okay, I had to log out on my, okay, here we go. I had to log out of it on my iPad. Okay, here we go. Now we're cooking. Okay. So um, at any point, feel free to interrupt me. No. How come I wait? <laughs> what just happened? I wasn't talking to you, Rolling Stone. Okay. Well, we're going to keep this up here just for visuals. <laughs> or would people rather look at us? What do you guys think? We're being sabotaged right now. That's what I think. I don't think Rolling Stone wants us to read this out loud. This is disgusting. We're under fair use. It's all right. I'm not okay. even talk, talking about the contents of the article. I mean, okay. the sabotage of our podcast. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing then. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read it from my iPad. Okay. That works. Sorry good guys. All good. Anyways. So. Lily Rose Depp as a glamorous troubled pop star. The weekend as a slimy modern cult leader, supporting roles for Blackpink's Jenny, Troy Savon, and a handful of other buzzy stars, and in-demand director Sam Levison at the helm. For months, the hype machine has been at full tilt for HBO's upcoming series, The Idol, which is being billed as a darker, crazier, and even and more risque version of Levinson's smash hit Euphoria. Levinson and Abel, the weekend Tess Fay, are the sick and twisted minds behind the sleaziest love story in all of Hollywood, HBO's words, that follows pop superstar Jocelyn Depp as she navigates the seedy underbelly of the music industry and falls under the spell of Tedros, played by The Weeknd, a mysterious owner of a popular LA nightclub who secretly runs a cult reminiscent of NX. IVM Nixium and Scientology. Nixium is the one that um Chloe Sullivan from Smallville was in. Ah. Not I mean not okay. not in the show but in like real well, life. In real, in real life. life. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. Though the show was ordered to series in November of 2021, it's been months since HBO gave concrete it gave a concrete update about the idol when the idol will debut. Debut. One source with the knowledge of the production schedule tells Rolling Stone the network immediately initially hoped for the idol to premiere last fall, taking over the Sunday time slot left open by House of the Dragon, which ended in October. Yet three teaser trailers have come and gone, and HBO can still only offer a vague later this year. A rep for the network declined to comment on when the show was air, will air. So, all that to say, it's been in production since... 2021 i think it said mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah so been a while kind of been a hot minute yeah now production uh sources tell rolling stone that even they are in the dark on when the show will make it to air and have little idea about what the final version will look like claiming the production was plagued by delays 
reshoots, and rewrites. It was, let's just say, a shit show, one says. The first public inkling of trouble came last April when director Amy Sametz of The Girlfriend Experience and She Dies Tomorrow, um, inserting my comment, Amy mm-hmm. Sametz, she was also, Ethan, you'd know her. She was the female um, character in mm-hmm. um, Upstream Color. Oh, yeah. So she's also a director and she's kind of like an indie darling kind of like she's been mm-hmm. in a lot of like independent stuff. Cool. Um, right on. Great actress. Great director, too. Um, anyways. The first trouble came last April when she suddenly exited with roughly 80% of the six-episode series finished. HBO addressed the news by confirming the idol was set to have a major creative overhaul and would be adjusting the cast and crew. There was little explanation for the shakeup except for reports that the week... I'm, it says Tez Faye. Mm-hmm. Remember that name. Whenever I say Tez Faye, it means the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Except for reports that Tez Faye, who is co-creator, felt that the show was heading too much into a female perspective. Okay. Reminder, it's about a young woman, and he was concerned that it's going into too much into a female perspective. Just throwing that out there. Just reminder, it's about a young woman who's trying to make it in the pop industry. And Tezfei was worried that it was leaning too much into a female perspective. Uh, in interviews with, <laughs> with 13 members of the show's cast and crew, Rolling Stone has learned the drastic delay was call, caused by Levinson taking over as director and scrapping the nearly finished 54 to 75 million project to rewrite and reshoot the entire thing scrapped it so it was almost 80 percent finished and what it sounds like is they're like 80 percent done director leaves levinson comes in and Mm -hmm. he's gonna redo everything essentially for justice league fans this should sound a little bit familiar um but I should I I should also mention I don't the article I thought the article would mention it more, but um, Levinson who he created Euphoria he's directed lots of he's written a lot of different stuff, um he's directed a couple things but he's like the Euphoria guy essentially like he's not just mm-hmm. like a writer not just a he like he's a pretty hands on guy from what I I've heard in terms of like. He does writing, producing, directing, kind of does everything. Um, So anyways, with Sumet's out of the picture, HBO handed the reins to Levinson, only to have him weaken the show's overarching message, many sources say, by dialing up the disturbing sexual content and nudity to match and even surpass that of his most successful show, Euphoria. This is a quote. What I signed up for was a dark satire of fame and the fame model in the 21st century, one production member explains. The things that we subject our talent and stars to, the forces that pull people in the spotlight, and how that can be manipulated in a post-Trump world. However, they add, it went from satire to the thing it was satirizing. Mm. So, 
Um, yeah, I'm. I I could comment on a lot of this, but I'm just going to keep going. So if you guys have comments, yeah. feel free to interrupt again. Mm-hmm. Four sources say that Levinson ultimately scrapped Semetz's approach to the story, making it less about a troubled starlet falling victim to a predatory industry figure and fighting to reclaim her own agency and more of a degrading love story with a hollow message that some crew members describe as being offensive. Hmm. Uh, this is now... Uh, the, again, trigger warning again for you know just this whole article. Um, this is a quote. It was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show. And then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better. One production member explains of Levinson's version. Levinson and Tesfay did not respond to requests for comment. However, after the story published, Tesfay posted a clip from the idol writing, Rolling Stone, did we upset you? Um, and we should watch that after this, actually. Yeah. In a statement providing to Rolling Stone, Depp called Levinson the best director she's ever worked with saying she has never felt more supported or respected in a creative space. My input and opinions were more valued. A source close to the production added, it couldn't have been a better crew, from my standpoint, from both Amy and Sam's cases across the board. They are completely professional people, thinking ahead, people problem-solving on a dime, being collaborators and caring. There was just an overall caring from both cast and crew deeply on set. So no, there's a lot of times where we'll say sources say or someone close. So this person was close to the production. Mm -hmm. Um, HBO called The Idol one of the network's most exciting and provocative original programs in a statement to Rolling Stone, adding the creative team has been committed to creating a safe, collaborative, and mutually respectful working environment. And last year, the team made creative changes they were felt were in the best interest of both the production and the cast and crew. The idol was dreamed up by Tess Fay, his producing mm-hmm. partner Reza Fahim and Levinson uh, going into development in June of 2021 with HBO ordering it to series to series that November. All three are credited as writers along with writer Joe Epstein and Succession's Mary Laws. Sumetz, whose indie psychological thriller style seemed a good fit for the show's dark and sinister themes, was announced that month as director. But three crew members alleged that Sumetz seemed set up to fail from the start. When she arrived on set seven weeks before the show started filming, she was given half-finished scripts, a first-time showrunner in Epstein, a tight schedule, and near-impossible expectations from HBO. Though sources say Amy was doing her best in an impossible situation, but she was Mm. going to lose this no matter what. One production member says, honestly, I think HBO handed her a shit stack. Sumetz declined to comment. Uh, Oh, yeah. Wow. It's getting spicy. So she, so all this, so HBO is planning this show. Um, Euphoria guy was writing it. And Seems then like she young. was hired on as director, mm-hmm. but was given half written scripts. Yeah. And it doesn't, I don't think the article says why, but it seemed, you know, just the nature of a tight yeah, schedule. Stuff isn't always done. Right. I get that. Yeah. But 
Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Two sources familiar with the show's finances say HBO had wanted to keep costs low with the series budget around $54 million, or roughly $9 million an episode for the six-episode series. That's about half the budget of Euphoria's upcoming third season, which is expected to cost at least $110 million. The teen drama's second season, which had eight episodes, cost more than $97 million, and the first season's budget was over $47 million, according to California film and TV tax credit records. Despite the constrained allowance, the network allegedly expected Smets to deliver Euphoria-esque results, complete with music videos and using expensive mansions, nightclubs, and stadiums as sets. Wow. The time- yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, I feel like there's said I know I said I wasn't going to comment, but like that seems tough. Like they want to keep the cost low and they expect something in terms of production wise as like high as Euphoria. Um and yeah, just tight schedule, all that. That seems mm-hmm. very difficult mm-hmm. as a director. Uh the timeline was also tight, production sources claim. Filming began late 2021 and went into hiatus that following April. Euphoria season two reportedly took roughly seven months to film and House of Dragon took 10 months for context. Um, Samets had a hard out because she was booked for an acting role on Netflix's DC show Sweet Tooth. Another director was reportedly expected to step in to take over the shooting finale and Samets was handled post-production from her shoot in New Zealand. So she was going to do the show she was going to leave to act someone else would take over directing the final episode and then she would oversee the post-production after she was done acting yeah makes sense yeah and there's a oh that's i was going to show this picture of the screen but that's from her on atlanta but Mm. i'll show it and we'll see if it's yeah there she is directing donald glover in atlanta the tv show Mm mm-hmm uh, in addition, Levinson was largely absent from the Idol set early on, his time instead devoted to wrapping up Euphoria's second season, which is being filmed on the lot next door. One of the first times two crew members recall seeing Levinson physically on the Idol set was a few weeks into production, which was also the day Depp was filming her first intimate scene with Tess Faye, but the source close to production had a different take. What I always found so refreshing about Sam is that I could approach him, the source said. He was always approachable to tell you what he was thinking so that we could hopefully plan ahead and start working on things. I think that was a part of the success of our show is that he is always approachable and he had the vision in his head. Another stressor, sources say, was that while Sametz was entrusted by HBO to supposedly put her stamp on the show, Levinson had an entirely different vision of what the idol should be. I went into the idol thinking that this might be an interesting collaboration, but I left pretty convinced that Levinson is not quite collaborative, one source says. It's really frustrating Mm. seeing Amy do her damn best to turn around some kind of product that she can be somewhat proud of to HBO, and then for HBO to turn around and have Sam get essentially a blank check to turn it into Euphoria Season 3 with pop stars, is extremely, extremely frustrating. Um, hmm. Pause real quick. Yeah. It seems so within the article, you can kind of see there's conflicting sides. There's people who said mm-hmm. he did great. There's mm-hmm. people who were kind of frustrated by it. 
but yeah. and that's kind of what decide. i that's what they i kind of de- yeah so, well you go ahead zach okay i was going to say they can't decide whether he's easy to work with or hard to work with yeah well these are from different people too so mm, that's right. kind of what i think gives the article a little more credence and or a little more um believability because there's right. different no, sources I, saying I get, different I get things that. it's know? just interesting yeah from like an outside perspective to view right. it in and be like hmm what is going on here yeah. and again articles can be fabricated they can be made up they can be studios can hire mm-hmm. publications to publish something to um make someone look good or bad or whatever so you know keep mm-hmm. that all in mind too um of those who worked on the production's first iteration, so when Amy Cements was directing, many say they were fans of the original script, describing it as a layered narrative that was driving home a message about the trappings and exploitations of fame. One crew member describes having their choice of several other prominent opportunities and signing on for the idol purely because they were impressed with the story. Um, it was gripping. I couldn't put it down, another says. As promising as those initial scripts were, the scripts for the final episodes were still only half finished and the finale completely unwritten. Sumetz was encouraged by HBO and producers to put her own spin on the show and write the last episode, a source explains. As a result, Sumetz was polishing up scripts and writing while directing. She also had her assistant, who had no previous uh, credited writing experience, writing scenes with HBO making the assistant a staff writer last January. The assistant did not respond to a request for comment. The organization, organization, uh, uh, sorry, the organized. We'll get there. <laughs> organization. Sorry. I've been, I've been teaching reading all day and now I'm reading like yeah. adult stuff. <laughs> the organization <laughs> quickly evaporated mainly due to changes in the script sources say, One production member says the first version of the show went through more than 20 rewrites, saying the scripts were being updated constantly. We did it every fucking day. It was insane. That's the quote. It did start drastically changing, another production member confirms. It was kind of a joke how many revisions there were, whether it was changing somebody's name or whether it was something more intensive, like completely changing the scene and taking away a story. Eventually, the crew say they stopped getting one-liners and an industry term for daily schedules of what was being shot. And the few one-liners that were given out quickly became useless due to changes, sources say. Decisions were being made on the fly, frustrating several crew members who say they felt they could never properly prepare for the next day of work. I'd be driving home at the end of the day and they'd be like, oh, we're adding a scene, but it hasn't been written yet, one says. Um, wow. not unco- as uncommon as you think, but not yeah. a great practice of changing script before the night before shooting and all that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's happening regularly. Mm-hmm. Well, this happened on the believe it or not on the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, um, the actors talk about how they would be given slips of you know new pages under their hotel rooms every single night. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the Gimli actor, uh, John Reese Davies, he was like, I have some of those that are still unopened because it would just change all the time. So, yeah, um, very stressful, but doesn't necessarily indicate terribleness in terms of, you know, no. end result. 
because yeah. you know lord of the rings did it um yeah. anyways still hbo executives and tez Fay were supposedly pleased with samet's early cuts and the show's direction according to a personal familiar a personal familiar with the matter however when the show went on break in april before the finale episode was to be filmed things drastically changed oh interesting i didn't remember this so they mm-hmm. had shot everything except for the last episode okay. um wow that's when it changed Semets was out and levinson was stepping in that was the change mm-hmm. a report from apple not apple a report from april blamed the show's overhaul on tez Fay, who's reportedly unhappy that the story was focusing too much on depp's character according to deadline a source with knowledge of seconds that hold on this is written weird a source with knowledge seconds that tez Fay was the reason behind the shakeup wanting to tone down the cult aspect of the storyline and pivot into something else entirely dropping the feminist lens through which the show was being told as a result it was like the Mm. weekend wanted to this is quotation it was like the weekend wanted to show wanted one show that was about him sam was on board with that another source explains to rolling stone However, two crew members claim Tesfaye's schedule made it difficult for him to be the show's primary focus. One crew member explains, It was really frustrating because they were working so hard to make it possible to shoot and be released with his concert or whatever his timeline was, and it all got thrown out the window. In April, the show went into hiatus, and sources believe the break was to regroup and work out the finale. However, cast and crew members say they were blindsided when they learned from news articles that the show was being overhauled and Semets was leaving. I'm really heartbroken that Amy wasn't there to see it through. One cast member says, she put her neck on the line for this project. She really tried to make it work and fit a square peg into a round hole, only for all of that work to be eradicated and overwritten by Sam Levinson. Hmm. When production of The Idol resumed in May of two. 2022 the majority a majority of the crew members from the first shoot did not return according to five production sources i'm not sure i would have taken it if i had been asked to return one production source says it was just really tough very scary scarring the cast was also gutted blindsiding some of the little known actors who thought they'd been land they had landed their first big break and were now wiped from the show However, talent with noteworthy names remained, including singer-songwriter Troy Savon and Susanna Sun. Levinson mm. then upped the cast star power even more throughout filming, with the additions of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies breakout Rachel Sano, Dan Levy, Hank Azaria, Moses Sumney, and mega-producer Mike, Mike Dean. Casting K-pop superstar Jenny of Blackpink was the biggest get for Levinson. Under the show's hashtag and teaser trailers, her stands steamrolled comment sections to cheer on the singer in her first acting role. But crew members claimed Jenny had barely any airtime and was an an inconsequential story arc. It was like three or four lines per episode for her, a production source says, and they didn't let her talk much. Her job was to sit there and look pretty, basically. Crew Hmm. members who stuck around for the revamp show say the working environment was no better than the first shoot 
and no one from HBO was stepping in to make sure the production was kept on track, two sources claim. What was supposed to be a three-month shoot from May to July ended up stretching into September, despite the cast and crew celebrating a wrap party in July. Come October, even more filming took place. I was so drained by the end of it, one crew member says. I was like, I can't have a job make me cry every day because I have two hours to sleep and I'm being pulled in a hundred directions because nobody knows what they're doing or nobody knows what they want because we don't know what we're filming. Once again, sources point to constant changes to the script being the show's most pressing issue. Levinson, who's coming off of a hectic euphoria production, which had its own issues throughout the season, continued his frenzied pace over at the idol. There's always the sense of chaos because we never had a plan on what was going to happen today or tomorrow or the next scene, one crew member explains. There were also divisions among Levinson's inner circle. A few, the few crew members that remained from Semetza's shoot and higher ups at HBO, two sources say. One production member described feeling like a child of divorce, trying to tiptoe around the opposing parties. Levinson allegedly stopped sending scripts to HBO and certain department heads, according to two people familiar with the matter. I got the vibe that the mood on set was, what's HBO going to do? Pull the plug? Yeah, right. If they want a third season of Euphoria, they'll give me what I want. We're just going to shoot what we want. And if HBO's ex have a problem with that, that's their problem, they explain. Wow. Okay, I need a drink. You guys yeah. react real quick. Well, this sounds like an absolute nightmare in terms of, again, it's just no clear vision seems to be formulating. And it seems like a lot of strong ideas are clashing all at once yeah. and nothing is really formulating out of it or forming out of it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. seems like a very classic Hollywood problem of like, I want my thing made the way I want it. And I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> right. Right. I think is interesting. Um, going this this is going backwards a little bit, but when the weekend and is it Levinson is the writer mm-hmm. of Euphoria. Yeah. How Levinson, it seemed like he had a pretty strong idea of what he wanted to make and what he wanted the show to be. But then to let the weekend influence the lens and kind of change it and how it seems like he was on board to shift it around in that way. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Unlike, it just seems interesting on what 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 is the vision and to what degree does is he precious with these ideas and what does he want to let go of? I don't know. It feels strange. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. willing to what the give and take feels weird. That's something I've been noticing. And just wait, just wait. There's <laughs> oh, more. Geez, there's, I'm not, I'm not at the more. end of the article. If I didn't make that clear. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. I'm. 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 Yes. Keep going. Okay. A major concern among the crew, according to four production sources, was Levinson chipping away at the show's original messaging, creating a distorted and jarring story that lost its overall impact. Although Tesfaye is credited as co-creator and a writer, three crew members with the knowledge of the situation claimed he barely touched the script during the reshoots. It was a show about a woman who is finding herself sexually turned into a show about a man who gets to abuse this woman and she loves it. 
At various points, Levinson's scripts contained disturbing sexual and physically violent scenes between Depp and Tezfei's characters. Three sources familiar with the matter claim. In one draft episode, there allegedly was a scene where Tezfei bashes in Depp's face and her character smiles and asks to be beaten more, giving Tezfei an erection. This scene was never shot, the source says. Another proposed scenario was for Depp to carry an egg in her vagina, and if she dropped or cracked the egg, Tezfei's character would refuse to rape her, which sent Depp's character into a spiraling, begging to him to rape her because she believed he was the key to her success. This scene was also not filmed because production couldn't find a way to realistically shoot the scene without Depp physically having depth physically having to insert the egg another source explains um it was like what is this what am i reading here one source says it was like sexual torture porn um two crew members say it's unclear what will actually wind up in the show as scripts were being changed daily and scenes constantly being shot and reshot many say they were unsure where the show is headed and what will be used in the final cut. Although Sametsa's version of the idol was going to contain sex scenes and nudity, production sources claim Levinson drastically ramped up this explicit content, a move that is quickly becoming his calling card. During both seasons of Euphoria, Levinson faced criticism for employing often gratuitous nudity in a show about teenagers. Actresses on that series, including Sidney Sweeney, and Minka Kelly have lightly danced around the subject in interviews, but admitted they pushed back on some of Levinson's requests for even more nude scenes. There are moments where Cassie was supposed to be shirtless, and I would tell Sam, I really don't think that's necessary here. And he was like, okay, we don't need it, Sydney Sweeney told The Independent. Mm. It's almost such an extreme that it's like, there is no message, one idle crew member says. There is no point. They're just trying to see how much of a reaction they can get. During Sametsa's production, it was whispered around the set that the 54 million budget cap had ballooned to 75 million, according to production sources. And it's a con- considering the elite craft service setup with kombucha and cold brew on tap. Sorry. Rad. That, that sounds actually awesome. Like That does sound pretty good. <laughs> the cow can, yeah. Considering the elite craft service setup with kombucha and cold brew on tap, the caliber of talent and constant delays due to day of changes, the amount doesn't seem to be that much of a stretch. It's unclear what the budget was for the idol's second production. But to see an entire 54 to 75 million first production scrapped for the remaking of the same show, now with an untold budget and endless resources at hand, struck some production members as wasteful. One crew member, noting their decades-long experience in Hollywood, says while there were plenty of excess spending in the entertainment industry, throwing away Sametsa's version of the idol to redo the same show was probably the most egregious I've ever witnessed in the business. The decision is especially surprising in light of HBO's parent company, Warner Bros. Discovery, slashing hundreds of jobs last year, with plans to cut $4 billion in costs across the board. Last summer, HBO and HBO Max had a restructuring and 70, pe- 
and 70 i think that's probably 70 percent of people were laid off yeah it's a a lot of people a lot of people were laid off there's a typo here i think most shocking was the decision to can the completed 70 uh 78 million batgirl dc film that was supposed to stream exclusively on hbo max there did seem to be some effort to conserve costs during the second idol shoot with tez fey opening his personal home a sprawling 70 million bel air mansion for the show to make use of sources speculate that it likely helped compensate for the cost of renting actress Alyssa hannigan's former nco pad which had previously served as the headquarters of the cult test phase the cult test phase characters ran Tezvey also took advantage of his after hours till dawn tour in la to film a second scene at the sophie stadium in september using thousands of fans in attendance as free extras depp appeared in character on stage in a gauzy white dress to deliver a monologue about a difficult past year Tonight is incredibly special because I have the opportunity to introduce you to the love of my life, the man who pulled me through the darkness and into the light. Depp's character said to be Depp's character said to the confused crowd before inviting Tedros, Tesfaye's character, on stage. Hmm. However, the production sources claim the second iteration faced the same issues that plagued Semetsa's set due to ongoing script rewrites. There was no leash on the second incarnation, a production member says. The people who are fronting the cash in HBO, they're not putting Levinson on a leash. Knowing that you already have a multi-million dollar bill, supposedly that you can't do anything with. The production has left many wary of working again with Levinson, who who they say is developing a track record of creating chaotic sets. I would never work for him ever again, one production source says. I don't think I'll watch Euphoria again after working for him and knowing how he treats his crew. This is such a this was such a strong Levinson of just how far Levinson. I'm sorry, I think I misread that. This is such yeah. a strong example of just how far Levinson can really push HBO, and they will continue to cover him because he brings in money. A second says he's able to walk away unscathed, and everybody still wants to work with him. People ignore the red flags and follow him regardless. Update 3, March 8th of this month. This story has been updated to include quotes from a source close to the production of The Idol. Oh, so this is updated since I last read it. Yeah, and this this came out March 1st, the original article. Yes. For context. Um. So, yeah. That is an article which when I read, I was like, oh my goodness, this sounds chaotic and like a doomed production in many ways. So I thought, yeah. let's talk about it. Um, I sent you to the article. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You're able to scroll through it and skim through. What jumps out to you guys in this whole thing? A couple things. I, I During our, we had a little break in the middle of this podcast. I watched both the teaser trailers um, mm-hmm. that they have listed in the article just to see just to get a, a grasp for what the tone of the show is and what the what the vibe is mm-hmm. um it's not my kind of show to be perfectly honest um but there's like two two main trains of thought that i have looking at this for 
first will be the financial, I guess, since mm -hmm. so much of that talk is laid without this. It feels so weird to me. Again, maybe because we're no budget production company, whatever you want to call us. Mm -hmm. We make movies for nothing. Like our budgets, like $500 is like a ton of money for us. Like that's that, that was the budget for this movie. It was like $500 for the bell rings. Um, so to see $75 million, just like <laughs> gone yeah. is like the most ludicrous thing. And again, it's like, to be like, I can't wrap my head around about being a director who can walk into a studio, have that level of money, have that pro project scrapped and then reshoot it for pretty much a blank check of whatever I want. Like that kind of money is like unfathomable to me. And I kind of, I mean, wasteful productions have existed since, you know, the beginning of Hollywood. This isn't anything new. Every time you hear it, that that quote near the end about um, one industry person saying this is one of the most wasteful productions they've ever seen, it's like I feel that, yeah, just by hearing all this. Um, and yeah, I this all of that is just kind of like hard to wrap my head around how much. And, and again, like that sucks on like a for the people working on it who don't want to come back now for the people who were cast into the original that are dropped for the remake, the remake that the first one that never came out, like that's just a bummer for a lot of people um, for one dude to make a thing. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and then the second half of it is like the very, very, I don't know, exploitative feeling sexual side of the show mm -hmm. where it, it feels so grossly over the top to where it's like, again, I agree with the quote in the article of someone saying it's, it's meaningless because of yeah. how much they're putting into it. And just watching the, the teaser trailer, particularly the first teaser trailer was a bit more, the second one was more of like a cast of just like showing all these people who are part of it. But mm -hmm. the first one, if, if either of you watch it or haven't seen it yet, it, that one has a lot more of like the, the sexual tension in it. And like, yeah, it's just like gross. <laughs> and it's <laughs> with and that's, the level. It, the show it, with all kind of reservation, like the show has not yeah. been released yet. Totally. Maybe it comes out and it's considered like a masterpiece, a landmark of television. And like mm -hmm. it has a take on these issues that people connect with and endorse. And that might be the case. Um, it might be. But yeah. it certainly is painted in the article to be something that's kind of um, exploitive and mm -hmm. not really um, not honest and kind of more for shock and awe, almost like a yeah. Um, yeah. what's it called? Um, um, can't think of the genre, the like French New Wave extremities or like a Lars Van Trier movie where it's just like trying mm -hmm. to get a reaction of you, you know, um, which leads I guess that leads to another topic of like is that okay is that still art is that like you know the morality of all that but we won't get into that here but yeah maybe yeah. it comes out yeah. and it's critically you know revered but it could come out and be like critically you know panned too i don't know mm -hmm. zach what are your yeah. thoughts on what jumps out to you about this article the whole situation makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like anybody really had much fun. <laughs> uh, at least from the sources that we have uh, in this article. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm kind of along the lines of Ethan. I haven't seen, except for I haven't, I haven't seen the trailers, so I don't know what to expect um, in that regard. But just from reading this article with you guys, I this doesn't personally seem like something I'd be very interested in. Um, uh, yeah, I'm very much, um, for me personally, I'm always, I always try to be intentional, at least with what I create, to make sure that everything that's in it serves a purpose in the story. And if it doesn't, I maybe it's just me, but I don't understand why I would put it there, um, unless it is serving a specific purpose. Um, and it seems like a lot of this stuff, based purely on what we've heard here, again, we haven't seen the series, so we don't know for sure. It seems a lot of this stuff is not necessary to be in the show. <laughs> It's uh, um it yeah. it's especially I, the post reshoot stuff. Right. It seems um you know, I I think I agree with you guys. The the premise of the show and just kind of that I it, I don't think it's something that I will enjoy or connect to um necessarily, but like that doesn't mean production matters aside that doesn't mean I think like, oh, the show should never exist or this is it's a crime that this is like, obviously, there's some things that we connect with, some things we don't connect mm -hmm. with. I made a movie called Old Brother. Hate it. I think it should not exist. <laughs> not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. But I make we make stuff. Dude, where's my Mountain Dew? And I'm like, that's it. That's like, <laughs> that's beautiful. That's art right there. I'm using well, my own. I'm using mm -hmm. my own our own movies because I'm like. I don't want to bash anybody else's or yeah. you know, that kind of it's thing. It's one of those things where it's yeah. like certain things will resonate with certain people. Right. And those certain things won't res resonate with other people. It's just a matter of right. that sort of thing in, so, in regards to the viewing experience. In this, it seems to focus a lot more on the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, which, Yeah. I don't well, really know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, again, content, like, again, mm -hmm. it's it's not as something that I'd be interested in on my own, mm -hmm. but, like, I guess from, uh, like, once it's out, I think reading the story does make me more interested to see how it comes out because yeah, it's not yeah. something that I would check out on my own, I think. But reading mm -hmm. this makes me really curious of, like, watching it and knowing all the behind-the-scenes trouble, assuming that the behind-the-scenes trouble is true. Um, yeah. And assuming that all the stuff that did went down, you know, all the sources were, you know, reliable and all that. Um, it makes me, it does make me interested to check it out and just kind of see if there's, you know, reading it with that lens on um, mm -hmm. of how production members felt about everything. Cause there were people who were like, I felt supported. I felt yeah. like my idea was respected and all that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but then there's other people who are like, I had no idea what I was doing. I got two hours of sleep. I'm just crying mm -hmm. all the time. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, pr it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. And I was like yeah. trying to think about 
that like while we were reading the article and I was like I wonder how much that has to do with like what jobs they have in production because some people might receive <clears throat> more information than others depending on their job and depending on how the director works and maybe that's just how he works right well also Which, like these sources yeah, could have yeah. been like the the pa grips right someone very right. low on the totem pole but are they, usually yeah. treated like trash yeah. but they also could have been like someone like a first ad or a line producer or something mm -hmm. right someone way like mm -hmm. higher up yeah we don't know how close they were i think there was someone who was quoted to being close to the inner circle of levinson mm -hmm. right um but i i you know a lot of this isn't specified it seems because it's probably a lot of these people are under ndas and stuff yeah. like that and they got to protect the sources and all that mm -hmm. so yeah. it's uh it's interesting and it's yeah. i don't know i mean i think so amanda one of her friends from from college they work in film and and uh like work on marvel shows and stuff like that as like hmm. like i think like grip kind of work or like pa okay. kind of stuff um like on the set doing different lots of different jobs mm -hmm. and i've heard a story different stories for that i'm not going to tell these stories but i've heard some horror stories like through them telling amanda telling me kind of thing i've heard some horror stories about like what goes on on like big sets and yeah. there's one in particular about like a certain a certain star but i'm like oh my goodness like i never want to see anything that person's associated with again so reading this and i'll tell you guys a little bit about it after okay. um but we get the insider scoop but like it's 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 such a, I think being a PA or someone kind of lower on the totem pole is kind of that's such a hard place to be. And I have so much sympathy and empathy for those folks who are putting in the hard like physical labor and dealing with difficult people and running around and getting two hours of sleep. And like, you know, mm -hmm. they, they are the ones who are making these movies happen. And it it sucks that they are not protected and they're not treated well and that no one knows their names or you know what yeah. i mean like it's it yeah. makes me really sad for um people you know in those in those jobs and maybe they want to be and that's you know the people across the industry but um you know just it's it sucks it's a bummer i think that like lots of good movies or like just movies in general they have to rely on the suffering of others which is you know yeah. a little bit disappointing yeah yeah, I know. I feel like we could keep going, but it almost might yeah. be worth it to move on. Yeah, yeah. let's. I have I'm, more questions brewing, well, but it's like they they probably aren't worth it now. Let Let me ask you guys this though: Is there a lesson that we can learn from this? Because that's the takeaway we try to do every episode. Mm -hmm. Is there what can we learn from this production? Yeah, I think kind of just stemming off from what you just said. Um, working at the level and this, this applies, I think to the level we're at taking this Hollywood thing. Um, like I said, we make movies for no money and that implies that we have people working for us for no money who work on our sets, whether you're an actor, uh, crew member, whatever you're, you're doing it for free. Cause you love it. Usually um, we've that's, that's just how it, how it goes for us. Um, and I know there's a lot of, 
we know a lot of filmmakers who are in the same boat. That's a that's becoming more and more common of a thing. There are a lot of filmmakers out there who make movies for no money. Um, but all that to say, like making your set a place people want to work at. So the not casting a, a burden of uh, stress and hecticness to as much as you can control. I mean, obviously there's a degree of stress that we we take on as no budget filmmakers. There's there's very little control we have over anything we make, but um i think we we try hard to to take on that burden as like the leaders of the 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 production and not let that stress fall on the the crew members that we bring on and i think Mm -hmm. just making sure that that's uh, a staple on set making it someplace that's inviting not not a oh my gosh i have to go do this thing i'm (laughs) gonna get two hours of sleep tonight i'm gonna cry to sleep after being on the set of oh brother um you know (laughs) something like that i didn't cry during it i cried after where i was like what did i make oh no <laughs> you've redeemed yourself uh where we've helped you redeem yourself with dude where's my mountain dew yeah so <laughs> um yeah i don't know that's my takeaway yeah. yeah well cool let's should we move on to our next segment I think that's a fine idea. Let's get some levity on this podcast. My goodness. So (laughs) the way, well, this week I picked the story and I also picked the movie because of how things shifted out with, you know, different stuff coming up. So the movie, well, we have a segment first off back up. We have a segment called what are you watching? Where it's kind of like our doom productions movie club where every week we watch, we pick a movie to talk about and we pick a movie for all three of us to watch um we're not reviewing it but just kind of i don't know sharing what we've been watching and what Mm -hmm. stuff we learned from those movies and all that kind of thing so this week uh we watched bell which was uh, i think a 2019 animated movie or is it 2021 2021 2022 right anime movies it's an anime movie Mm -hmm. and anime movies usually have weird release dates because it'll be like It'll be released in Japan one year, but then the following year, because of distribution, it's U.S. release. So it's like, what year is it? But we watched Bell. It's been on my list for forever. Um, And it is a vague retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but like with the digital twist to it. Yeah. What did you guys think of it? Or what were your thoughts? Zach, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I found it very enjoyable. It's been a long time since I viewed the uh, original Beauty and the Beast, and I haven't seen the live action remake. Um, but uh, it was very cool. I recently have gotten into anime due to my roommates. Um, and so I've been gradually finding my way down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the uh, I guess, uh, animated cinematography and uh, the different ways of, uh, I guess, how they portrayed the virtual scape mm-hmm. was really cool. Um, I, f- I found it really cool that it was, it felt like a return to like a lot more wholesome storytelling <laughs> from like some of the previous stuff that we've watched like babylon and stuff like and that. like blonde and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh so, there's three b's in a row blonde babylon yeah. and bell yeah wow um 
but yeah um overall um very cool um yeah i don't i just watched it today so i'm like still processing it <laughs> I, I think i told yeah. this to you ethan but like every single frame of the movie felt like it could be a piece of art like yeah you, you could can hang up screen cap any <laughs> any frame and you're good to go yeah i really loved um i mean yeah the visuals are just super striking um, and that's, I think that was what I was looking forward to when watching this. And I had my wife watch it. And I think it was so funny, like halfway through, she's like, wait a second, <laughs> this is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. But I loved how they, they, there are parts in the movie that very literally, like visually reference yeah. the mm -hmm. Disney Beauty and the Beast, um, which is cool, which was cool to see their take on it, but mm -hmm. recreating like certain shots, like there's like the ball. But the dance ball. scene where they do that big swirling shot to the chandelier mm -hmm. and it's entering the um, castle and all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah it, it it was very cool to kind of see them tap into that um and 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 put their spin on it mm -hmm. um trying to think what else um i really liked um some of their portrayals of like the main characters like struggle with like um her anxiety I thought that yeah. was really cool. And some of her, like, like her personal stuff she's dealing with. I liked how they, they tackled it in the movie. Um, I thought it was just kind of, she was, she was a very interesting character for me. And I, I hadn't seen someone portrayed that way much in like recently. So it was kind of fun to like, see this, this very well-written character. Mm -hmm. Um, I had questions about the world though. That bugged me. I was like, I want to know more about how this works. I want to <laughs> yeah. know how this cool, crazy yeah. internet scape that they have. That's totally sci-fi kind of like this ready player one. Yeah. Mixed with a search engine. Like, I don't know. I, I was like, Oh, I yeah. want to know more about how this works. <laughs> right. But, um, that, that might also have been a good thing. Yeah. Like ready player then, one so. meets social media almost. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it it's super funky, yeah. I want to know how because they made it seem like it just scanned like spoilers to the movie like it, when it makes your avatar it seems like it scans your body. I was mm -hmm. like, wait, do you have like a choice of what your character looks like? Well, it didn't. No, I think that I was part of the idea yeah. that yeah. like it scans you and it like picks yeah. it for you. Yeah, because it, it like it projects. Yeah some of your inner qualities onto your app or something along those lines. I can't, because yeah. I will just say there were some ugly avatars in there. I'm like, dude, that <laughs> sucks, man. <laughs> That's just a bummer. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a very enjoyable movie. It was, if yeah. you're like into the anime, just any kind of anime movies, I prefer anime movies over watching animes. I haven't, I haven't drank the Kool-Aid yet on anime shows a whole lot. Attack but, on Titan, man. Yeah, I was gonna Get say on. that's on one Titan, that's man. winning me over, though. I know I'm, I'm, I, that's the one I'm most likely to do. I think the only one, the one I've watched semi recently was um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Did you but, finish the whole thing? No, I didn't finish it. Okay, I got like halfway. Okay, this is why I don't do anime shows. <laughs> I burn out too fast. There, and there's a lot of it too. They go on. And there's a so lot long. of it. That's I know not all of them are like that, but there are a lot of them where it's like, yeah, 800 episodes. Like I, I'm not yeah, about to start like, One Piece anytime uh, soon. So yeah. that's well, why I it, like movies because it's like condensed. It's just yeah. like a shot yeah. of it, and then you're 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 in and out. It 
it's definitely something else I liked is there was a whole musical aspect to it, which yeah. shouldn't surprise anybody that knows me that I, if there's music in it, I'm it's gonna hook me in. Well, depending yeah. on the music, I guess. There's some movies that I there's definitely some musicals that I've watched where I like I can't stand the score. And because mm-hmm. it's a musical, I'm like I can't stand the movie. You know what I yeah. mean? But like mm-hmm. if it's if I like the music, you likely got me hooked for the movie. And so Bell mm-hmm. was one of them. It's not a yeah. musical, but there are like music is a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a key part of the story. <laughs> There's a sequence where she's like learning how to make music on her garage band. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that was like me instead of yeah. oh. instead, instead of being like a little girl though, like I was that was me in like my high school years. Because <laughs> that's but when just, Garage Band yeah. came out on my mm-hmm. phone, I think. Something else I liked was seeing things like garage band like i was watching like that is just straight up garage band in this yeah. movie like all the sometimes yeah. i don't know like i get it like licensing like a, a product or like a software or like a, a user interface in a movie can is not always practical but i liked how like so much of the computer stuff you see is like oh yeah i, I that's just what it is mm-hmm. and I, I i don't know sometimes it gets distracting yeah, yeah. it's just like here's my pair laptop yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's just it's just an iPhone. That was Nickelodeon. Remember in like Drake and Josh, they had like Game Sphere and all those shows had like the pair. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. It was like so. either that or a banana. Yeah. Something ridiculous. <laughs> I did like the pair phones though from iCarly. Those were pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a um in the movie It Follows. I don't think I think this is just a cool tech thing, but in It Follows. One of the girls, she has like a, what's it called? The makeup mirror thing where you click it open. Mm. But it wasn't like a make the mirror, you know, and everything. It was like yeah. a Kindle screen. And she would be like reading on her Kindle, like on that yeah. little thing. And I'm like, I want that to exist, but I don't think that exists. So much cool tech that's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter how it works. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. It's like, no, but I want that. I want that to be yeah. real. <laughs> Anyways, uh, shall we move on to our next segment? Uh, Yes, we shall. So this is where we talk about what we've been working on. Mm -hmm. Um, So, fellas, what have we been working on? Well, if you didn't pick up on it already, we released a a, a short film Mm -hmm. just last week. When is this podcast coming out? Is this 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 Friday? This Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. On Sunday, or this week on Sunday, we released a short film called Dude, Where's My Mountain Dew? So we shot that uh, for uh, Joel Haver's Make a Movie During the Oscars Challenge. And so we we, we partook once more, second year. Um, yeah, so this, we made this with our buddies from RC Films. It was awesome. It was a good time. It's an mm-hmm. absolute mess of a movie, and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So if you want a good time, and just the stupidest humor. You want to see Caleb's butt crack more than any other movie <laughs> on the internet? Dude, I got the movie for you. Dude, where's my Mountain Dew? Yeah, it was fun shooting that. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Maybe we wish... broke. We almost broke a toilet during that movie. We, uh, I think that's about it. We almost broke a toilet. Yeah. We almost killed a monkey. Yeah. we did yeah well we did kill monkey yeah caesar poor caesar caesar man oh my gosh it's a shame 
Yeah. He was a good monkey. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun time. And I, it makes me almost want to do more of those where it's like, we just get together for a couple hours and just be like, okay, we're going to make a movie in, in like three hours or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else have we yeah. been working on? Well, um, we've been doing some uh, pre-production on Strange Case. Um, so that's been going on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much all I've been working on, really. Um, Jordan, mm-hmm. you've been working on a couple things, haven't you? Writing script for writing a script for our Yakimu movie. Mm-hmm. Writing a script for our my adaption book adaption movie. Mm-hmm. Animating. Show you, let's see if I can show you some background art and see. So I've been working on some background art and stuff. Nice. That's nice. all you get. That's all you get for now <laughs> for this animated film I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun. Been a little busy. It's always I always finding that balance of like balancing different projects. It's always a tricky thing, but you know, yeah. I make it work somehow. Yeah, got a lot of pots. What is that? What, what's this? What's the phrase? Pot, with the pots and the pants in the pots, or think I we think got a lot. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Okay, no, it's not. No, that's different. Then. Yeah, that's. I was like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we got a lot going on. We got okay. a lot of pots on the stove. I don't know if that's the saying, but we'll go with it. We got our fingers yes. in a lot of pies. How about that? I'll, I like that one. Sounds tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan, what are you working on? Anything else? Uh, that was my. That was all I was working on last week. Um, should be working on a script right now. And I took a little break. <laughs> so well, yeah, Oscars. you were you were making a movie, so. Or editing so, the whole movie, yeah. There is a yeah, yeah. There's a longer cut of the movie that should that should exist somewhere. So maybe at some point that'll that'll release to the world the of the Mountain Dew one. Yeah, so the one that came out is like 20 minutes long. Yeah, but we shot more than that. So oh yeah. yeah. Anyways, the boys saw like a 40 minute cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we trimmed our way down. Um, yeah, got my my movie couple movie scripts that i'm working on slowly right now in in the wrong order i should be working on them might have said in terms of precedence that's all right that's, as long Sometimes as you're working on goes. as long as you're working on something that's what i say yeah. yes i agree so but yeah that's what i got going on i don't know it's not yeah. very directed right now yeah i gotta regroup this week mm-hmm. doesn't help us spring break is coming up feels like a mad yeah. dash Oh, I will say next week. So in a couple days, by the time you hear this, Zach and I will be taking a little trip up to Yakima to do some location scouting and meetings with some potential cast members, potential crew members. Um, We're kind of keeping it. I mean, this one, we're playing really close to the chest. So it's like, you know, the norm. I mean, it's the norm, but like yeah. this one involves some other things and other mm-hmm. aspects. Yes, so yes, yes. 
if you're listening to this the following week, you know, we'll be we'll be in we'll be busy in like pre pre production on something. Mm-hmm, yes. So anyways, yeah. Well, uh thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to this new episode of the podcast. Uh listen. You know where to find us. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff is down in the description. Uh, but what would really help us out is if you like this episode, if you can, if you connected to what we had to say, or if you like our movies, please share our stuff. That's the best thing you could do for us to support us. Uh, because we make stuff for no money, uh, well, with no money and we don't make any money. So the best way form of payment you could do is just to get, show your friends and family, our, our podcasts or movies or our any of that kind of stuff because you know we like making the stuff and we like more people to see our stuff anything to add there no that pretty much covers it all right well thank you again for tuning in and we hope you have a good week and yeah see you all later